My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. If you give people the opportunity to say yes, then you can get somewhere and, and move on with your, your journey. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Taran Shum and in this episode, we continue our conversation with property developer Leslie Smith. We hear how she made a profit of $60,000 on a property in the middle of the pandemic. She enlightens us with a fluid mindset which can help any investor say yes to every opportunity. All that and more to come. Although Smith is very successful, she's no stranger to adversity. She says some of her worst investment decisions. We purchased a townhouse which was um, off the plan, um, an estate that was starting to be um, developed, I guess. Um, so we thought, oh, that's a nice idea. Get a townhouse there, add to our portfolio. This was um, around about the same time that we were buying the property in town. Um, we were told at the time that the value was expected to increase by 40,000 before it was even um, finally built for us. So we thought well, that's a good good proposition to put contracting off the plan. Um, and then by the time the property's built, sort of six months, 12 months later, we've already made 40,000 without any money down. Sounded good. Um, yeah, unfortunately, because of the way that um, property prices went in the area and there were lots of new builds going on at the time, more um, land was opened up, um, that increase didn't happen and it just really plateaued and was only worth what we'd paid for it by the time we settled on it. Um, it and it took quite a few years before it did increase by the 40,000. So we sort of took that as our sign to sell it on at that point and make the 40,000 that, that we were happy with. Um, but that was a little bit disappointing and I guess sort of lesson learned to um, not really um, listen to sort of predictions at the time to look at what's around and not expect things to, to increase by that much. Um, the the second worst investment we made was that we bought some managed funds just a few weeks before the GFC hit. Um, 
And we actually took on a second mortgage to do that. We decided we had to spare cash. It's like, yeah, let's take on a mortgage, put it in shares, and we don't have to do anything with them. You know, it's not like a property where you have to do stuff. We thought, well, we'll have a little go at the dip our toes in the water with shares. Um, and unfortunately, a few weeks later, GFC came along and they plunged to 50% of what we'd bought them for. So that was quite a lot of $1,000 wiped off in one go. And obviously, we were still made paying the mortgage for the full amount. Um, and it took those good eight years before they were even anywhere close to what we'd originally paid for them. Um, so the lesson we learned from that was that even safe investments um, aren't always safe. So it's, uh, it's all a bit of a gamble, whatever you do. However, out of hard times come wise words. Here's advice that she'd give to anyone currently in a bad investment. Expect the unexpected and I guess to always make sure that um, you can cope if things don't work out so well. So we were lucky with the shares. We were able to still pay the mortgage that we had on them. Um, if we'd sort of taken more than we could afford, then we could have been stuck. But, you know, we were able to cope with it. Um, and with the townhouse, it was covering its costs while we owned it. So it wasn't really costing us money. Um, yeah, so you just have to always be mindful of what the worst outcome could be. While she's experienced the downside of investing, she's also had some eye-opening moments. Well, the aha moment, I think, was when we realised what um, our mentors were saying to us. Um, so we joined another mentoring group, um, Young Newens, one in Brisbane, uh, a couple of years ago. And one thing he always says to us is to give people the opportunity to say yes. Um, and I think with the project that we did at Wumbai that we sort of learned that that is the case. If you give people the opportunity to say yes, then you can get somewhere and, and move on with your, your journey. Smith explains how she came across the subdivision property that doubled her income. We actually found off-market. So we went to see a different um, property with the agent, um, but that one wasn't suitable for what we wanted to do. So we were talking to him and explaining what we wanted to do with subdivisions. And he said, oh, he said, I might have another property that might be of interest to you. So I've been talking to the owners. They don't want to put it on the market yet, but if somebody comes along, they're happy to talk. So we went along to see that one um, and that one was the one that we ended up doing at Wimbai. Um, so he negotiated with the owners for us and and we put the contract in in on it. And we could see that it, it could be subdivided. It had its challenges, um, but it was a really good one for, for learning from because it did give us a lots, of, lots of challenges. We put in an offer for it and they accepted the offer after a little bit of negotiating backwards and forwards. Um, and then we had the building and pest report done um, and that came up with a few things that uh, needed to be sorted out there that we hadn't realised um, on the maintenance side and stuff. So we ended up um, asking for a $16,000 drop in the price. Smith knew it was a bold ask, 
but she was still hopeful. I knew that we were being very cheeky asking for that, um, but I had it in the back of my mind what Young says about giving the opportunity to say yes. If you don't ask, they can't say yes. So I was sort of like cringing when we were given the agent the news that we wanted to drop 16,000. Um, he went and spoke to them. Obviously, they weren't very impressed with that. They would have liked to have kept the offer with what it was, um, but they did end up agreeing to an $8,000 drop. So we were very happy with that because I thought they would come back sort of saying, no, it's an old property, you know, go away. <laughs> you can pay what, what you want to pay for it and that's it. So, yeah, if we hadn't have um, asked for that discount, then we wouldn't have got anything. So. Here's how they secure the bold offer and how you can too. We showed them the building and pest report and we pointed out the things that, that needed doing in it. Um, the biggest one, I guess, was the retaining wall. There was already a retaining wall there. Um, and we knew that we'd have to re-engineer it um, as part of the development approval. Um, but the existing retaining wall wasn't a very bad state of repair. Um, and in the end, they agreed that if somebody else had bought the property that were looking to live there, they would still have to do some work on the retaining wall and it would still cost them a lot of money to do that. So we were prepared to take an $8,000 discount because we knew we had to do something with it and we'd already sort of allowed for that in our figures. Um, whereas if they'd sold it to somebody who wanted to own it and live there, they might have asked for a lot more discount because it was going to cost a lot more than $8,000 to fix it even just for somebody living there. Um, and there were some other maintenance issues as well. So we just pointed them all out to them, um, even some of the more minor ones, um, to back up the reason why we were asking for 16000 So just how well did the property do? Uh, we purchased it for Five hundred fifty thousand. Um, it ended up costing us about um, eight hundred sixty in total, so three just over three hundred thousand in development costs. Um, that's including everything: the um, civils, the engineers' fees, town planners' fees, um, absolutely everything, um, and then. We sold the land for three twenty, and the house for five three seven. Um, so we ended up making. I'm not sure if I got this figures right. Actually, but we ended up making about sixty thousand profit out of it. So we were we were happy with that. And how long did the process take? We actually signed the contract in January last year. So 2020, and we settled on the 10th of March 2020, just before everything went belly up with COVID. So I think you can imagine, you mentioned about having problems with the development in COVID era. Um, you can imagine how we felt just going in for our first subdivision, knowing all the costs ahead. Um just before COVID. So we really didn't know what we were letting ourselves in for. Um, but we were quite philosophical about it. We knew it was a good property and could be rented out. So we thought, well, we'll just see how it goes, go with the flow again. And if we have to keep renting it out for a while before we do the project, 
Um, we'll do that. We'll just see, you know, what happens. It did take us quite a few weeks to get tenants in there because everybody just was staying at home. No tenants were wanting to move anywhere. Um, and yeah, we did struggle to get a tenant, which was probably the worst part of it. Um, it took us a couple of months to get tenants in there. So we were starting to get a little bit nervous at that point for what was going to happen. Um, but once the tenants were in, uh, we started cracking on with um, all the, we'd already put in the application and everything. We got everything um, sorted during the contract time so that as soon as we settled we were ready to put the application into the council so we kept everything moving along as quickly as we could um with our fingers paused on the pause button ready to sort of stop if if we needed to if covid you know put a stop to things um so then we were able to get all the civils done again we had a great team around us the engineers town planners the civil contractors just all worked together very well um, and we just really left them to it a lot of the time and they got stuff sorted um, and then we finished all the civils around September time um, yep we started to pull out for sale at the end of October and we got contracts on both the house and the land um, the middle of December Despite the COVID-19 setbacks, it was still a great outcome. And they both settled in February. So if you want to take it from the point of the when we signed the contract, that was just over 12 months or about 13 months for the project from start to finish. Um, so that was really good. I think we were lucky that we were doing the council part in the early part of COVID. Um, I think a few, if it had been two or three months down the line, I think people were starting to struggle with getting um, getting the answers back and the final approvals back from council. So I think we were very lucky with our timing. Smith and her husband have hopes of developing more properties in the future. We'd like to do another project um, if we can. We, we have taken a little bit of a back seat at the moment. We're helping other people with their projects, um, investing some money to keep the, the money moving um, and to help them. But we... We are just um, waiting to see at the moment what good projects come along. Um, we, Where we are on the Sunshine Coast, the property market has been absolutely on fire the last few months and it seems to be ramping up with no signs of stopping. Um, when you're driving around, you see a for sale sign up. Within a few days, that changes to a sold sign. So you have to be very quick um, with what you're getting. And it's it's quite difficult at the moment to get things off market um, and to get them at a good price because everybody's just trying to get the best price that they can. Um, so we're just waiting our time at the moment. We've got quite a few things going on um, personally with renovations around the house and stuff. So we're just concentrating on that at the moment and then we'll come back into the, the property projects um, when we feel ready for it. When we come back after the break, we discuss the surprising outcome of Smith's property ventures. She was only nine, um, but she came up with a fantastic list and lots of things that were out of the box that you wouldn't really expect a, a child to sort of think of. We learn about the mindset that led her to build a property empire. The way that I've always looked at things in my life is for it to be a fluid pathway. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Sharm and you're listening to Property Investory.
Hey, property investor, is your cash or equity currently earning you 1% to 2% per annum sitting in the bank? What if I said to you that you can do better? To find out more, simply register your interest to become a money partner at propertyinvestory.com. Right now, there are great opportunities in the property market and I'm looking for money partners who want to invest to get a high return with low risk on their money for 6 months. Register your interest by visiting propertyinvestory.com. Motivation is a key element to Smith's success. Our main motivation is to create a secure life for ourselves and our daughter. Um, she's learning a lot from it. Like being a child, she doesn't always understand why we've got to go to open houses or why we've got to go to that wind buy property again on a Saturday morning when she just wants to stay at home and do her thing. Um, but she is learning a lot from it as well. And she's learning the work ethic and that you have to work for your money. Um, and it's dependent on what you put in, what you get out, the harder you work, the more you're going to get out of something, um, whether that is money or enjoyment or, or whatever. Um, she actually, it's quite funny because when we joined Young's program, um, he needs to give us homework at the start to do. And one of the things you had to do was list 10 ways that you could make money other than your normal job. And my daughter was like, what are you doing, mummy? What are you doing? And I sort of explained to her what I was doing. Oh, I'm going to do that as well, she said. And she got a piece of paper out and she started thinking and writing. And at that time, she was only nine. Um, but she came up with a fantastic list and lots of things that were out of the box that you wouldn't really expect a, a child to sort of think of. Um, and I thought that was like a really good thing for her to be starting to think out of the box and think about other ways of doing things. And you don't just have to go to your nine to five job. Um, you can do other things as well. Smith and her husband learnt a lot from books and their mentor. My husband tends to read the books more than I do. Um, I've just got my head buried in spreadsheets all the time. So <laughs> we tend to split the roles that way. Um, there was one very good book that he felt very inspired by. Um, it was called Start Now, Get Perfect Later by Rob Moore. And after he'd read that book, um, he was like, we've got to get a property, we've got to get this, we've got to do this, we've got to get into it. Um, this was after we'd been on Young's program for a little while and we had been looking and couldn't find the right thing. But I think um, you can spend a lot of time looking for the perfect project and then you pass by other ones that potentially could give you lots of learnings and some money as well. Um, and it is a very difficult balance to make sure that the one you're getting isn't going to be an absolute flop and that you're just going to get learnings out of it and no money. Um, but it was really after reading that book um, that we put the impetus on really trying to find a property. And then when the one by one came up, um, we could see that there were options there. So you talked about the exit, exit strategies earlier we could see that there were quite a few exit strategies for it. Um, and although the money that we were going to make from doing the subdivision, we knew by the time we did the due diligence period, um, it wasn't going to be fantastic money. Um, you know, Young always likes you to look at doing around 20% return um, to be safe in the project. Um, and we knew by the when we first started looking at it, it looked like it was going to return 20%. By the end of the due diligence, it looked like it was going to return about 12%. 
Um, but for our situation, we were prepared to take the plunge and give it a go um, and use Rob's philosophy from his book of start now, get perfect later. Um, we're glad that we did the project. Obviously, we don't know what other opportunities we missed out on by doing this one. Um, while it was quite a challenging one, being a sloping block um, and the retaining wall and a few other sort of features of the engineering on it. So it was very challenging, but it did offer lots of learning for us. Um, and now having come out of this one, so we came out with 60,000. I think I got my figures wrong earlier, which isn't very good being a numbers person, but I think the costs were actually around 250. Um, yeah, so we made 60,000, um, which to us, that, that worked out about 8% in the end. So it wasn't a huge profit compared to what a lot of people make out of projects. Um, but we think coming through the COVID year, um, we were very happy to make that amount of money because at the start of last year, so by March time, nobody really knew how the future was going to look, did they? Um, so we were happy to come out of it and the learnings that we've learned from it will take into the next project. And we know that our next project is going to be so much better and smoother because of what we've learned from this one. So that was absolute gold. In hindsight, Smith wishes she had been braver early on in her journey. I think I would have said to myself to not be afraid to give it a go um, and to give people the opportunity to say yes. Um, I think 10 years ago, we weren't so confident at um, putting ourselves out there and asking for things um, and asking people to give us a go and to you know, get properties cheaper, all that type of stuff. Um, and I think also to try not to let opportunities pass by. There have been some opportunities, particularly in property, um, that we were too scared, I guess, to, to go into. Um, and I think, you know, looking back, and again, hindsight's good. We know now that they uh, might have been a good investment, so hindsight's always good. But I guess not to beat yourself up about the things that haven't gone so well. Smith shares what she's looking forward to in a property development journey. I think the endless opportunities that there are in property, um, and as, as I mentioned earlier, the way that I've always looked at things in my life is for it to be a fluid pathway and not to become fixed on we must do things this way this is what's going to happen this is where I'm going to be in five years um, so again with the property we sort of take opportunities as they come um, not to become fixated on I'm only going to do subdivisions or I'm only going to do renovations um, again it's a fine balance because you can then end up uh, being jack of all trades and just jumping around from here to there and, and not learning the skill sets that you need properly so you have to be careful of that um, but to also take opportunities as they come along and not not let them pass pass us by. Leslie you, you've shared a great story you've been along on this property journey and also the developments that you've done as well how much of it do you think is because due to your intelligence hard work and skill and how much of it do you think is because of luck? I think there is an element of luck involved. Um, sometimes timing goes your way, sometimes it doesn't. 
Uh, a lot of it's probably about being in the right place at the right time. So with our Wimby project, we would never have known about it unless we went to the other property inspection with that agent. Um, a lot of it, I'm not sure necessarily about skill. Um, but I think a lot of it is listening to the advice of other people that know better than you. So, so we've had some great mentors along the way, um, and. In Young's group, there's a lot of other experienced people doing property, so we've been learning off of them as well. Um, and if you take their advice, then they've done it all before. They've made the mistakes, so you're less likely to make those mistakes. Um, you can still make mistakes, and you do still have to make your own mistakes to a certain extent to be able to learn from them. But I think it's just all about surrounding yourself with the right team as well so we were very lucky um, maybe it was luck but the town planners that we used all those years ago doing the the, uh, the strata title property in town um, we've stuck with them all the way through so we've got a good relationship with them now and they put us in touch with the engineer she's been very good as well um, and then she put us in touch with the civil contractor so everything just fell into place so you could say there was an element of luck involved in that um, element of choosing the right people and really um, listening to them and taking their skills and expertise on board and letting them do what they're skilled at um, and then we just sort of uh, made it all happen I guess you know we were just there um, putting the money in and and helping sort of coordinate it all. Thank you to our guest, Leslie Smith, for sharing her amazing story on Property Investory. And if you love the show and are ready to get serious about investing your money to get a low risk, high return, then SMS me your name and email address on 0499881040 to become a money partner. Right now, there are great opportunities in the property market and I'm looking for money partners who want to invest their money for a short 6 months. To register interest, text me your name and email address on 0499881040. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.